I expect, I expect, I expect I expect the best and nothing less I expect, I expect, I expect I expect the best and nothing less I expect, I expect, I expect I expect the best and nothing less I expect, I expect, I expect I expect all the possibilities I expect positive energy I expect with no regrets I visualize it all, know what's coming, yeah I'm synergy, I reach every dream and love my enemies Everything here is a lesson, everything that comes to me counts as a blessing no. Good day, good day, welcome back, thank you so much for tuning in I'm Jay and this is Homeschool Your Kids Podcast Today we have with us Yvette Introduce yourself Hi, I'm Yvette. Nice to meet you. <laughs> you gotta introduce, like, bio, <laughs> like, what What do you do? <laughs> yeah, um, so I was a kindergarten teacher for 20 years. Um, before that, I worked in daycares all through high school and college, so I've kind of always just worked with children um, and just loved helping teach them and, and play with, the, teach them all the skills, you know, learning through play, learning all the how to read has always been kind of a passion of mine so um and then yeah so then I've, I've taught the past 20 years um kindergarten and um I think that has probably been my favorite just because of the fact that I love watching them you know learn those letters and sounds and then put them together and then just their faces light up when they finally they clicks and they get it and they just they just love that and so that's the noise my my favorite that and then of course all the hugs right <laughs> of course. oh yes kindergartners are definitely touchy-feely yes so. <laughs> and that you are having sent teaching kindergarten for 20 years oh my goodness you must have patience like thindo <laughs> patience <laughs> I can't imagine oh my goodness how was that being are you still in the classroom or you're not no, um, I um, left last June, um, and um, just things have changed so much in the education system. Um, you know, when I started, kids were allowed to kind of learn and be more kids, um, and I feel like year after year, there's just more pressure put on them to get these test scores, and um, you know, it's first they were supposed to be reading by this level, and then this level, and then this level, but kids haven't changed, like, you know, that hasn't changed. Um, and so, and every kid has different needs. Um, and so the last few years, especially since um, we've been kind of, I was doing online learning during COVID, um, the, when I went back in the classroom, it was just really hard. Um, there was a lot of um, behaviors and a lot of kids struggling. And I felt like the classroom just wasn't the same. Um, the kids, you know, it's like they didn't have the safety they needed because the behaviors weren't being managed. And, um, and I just didn't feel like I could meet their needs anymore. Um, and actually even teach anymore, you know? Um, and so I kind of started looking into like helping kids with reading, um, online, like I was doing when I was teaching during COVID. And so, um, that's when I started last year while I was in the classroom, I was also doing starting the business. Mm. Um, and then this summer and then all through this fall, I've been 
um, tutoring kids and working with kids in small groups, teaching them um, whatever reading skills they need. Um, I've had kids from four years old to 11, 12 years old, um, everything in between. And just because they're five doesn't mean that they're at a kindergarten level. They might be at a preschool level. They might be at a second grade level. But the thing I love is that I can meet their needs like wherever they're at. I don't have yes. to, um, I don't have to be like, okay, well, you're in kindergarten. You have to learn at the kindergarten level or, you know, so I do love that, um, that I can slow down if I need to and help a kid get where they need to be and not be pushing them ahead. Like yes. it was being in the school system. Cause I would feel bad. Like this kindergartner would be going to first grade and I'm like, they're not ready, you know, mm. or they come to kindergarten and they're not even ready to come to kindergarten yet. You know, that's the big part. I was going <laughs> to say, um, I, I know my, my oldest started kindergarten. Um, she did go to kindergarten and when she went, I talked to the, to the kindergarten teacher. It was shocked me. Um, I first a question I was going to ask you, were you the only teacher in the classroom? Yes. Um, I did have a paraprofessional last year for special needs children. So How they many? were supposed to be specifically for the special needs children. Gotcha. How many students did you have, like, typically on um, your roster? I had 27. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, the one year. And then the other year was, like, 18. But honestly, the 18 that year was harder than the 27. Really? So, uh, 18, just yeah, that's still the, the ratio. 18 to 1 is just too much. Yeah, it's, I mean, but that was the most... I've ever had was the 27 before it had been like the top had been 24 ever. Um, but yeah, it was a tough year. Uh, 27 like is like great. adult abuse. Like that shouldn't even be legal. That's right? wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Just imagine like, like, like five of them is, is a lot. But 27 five-year-olds oh my gosh that's and oh, that year I didn't have a para that year I had me, said, me you're an angel you fell you fell down here <laughs> it's like oh you know what guys I'll go in the classroom don't worry about it I'll take it off. that is wild and that should not be legal how Agreed. can you meet that many needs how can you identify that many needs what I was about to share by my my daughter, her kindergarten experience, speaking with her te her kindergarten teacher, she told me um, the year previous, and I've shared this before on the podcast, like last season, but previously, um, the year before, she was telling me how she had, I think, one, say, 22 students on her roster, still wild, um, mm -hmm. but she said nine of them came in the classroom never even having held a pencil before. <laughs> That's hard. Yeah. Or a scissors or a crayon. Yep. So that right there stuck with me too, because it's like, oh my gosh, parents are really allowing their children to step into the system already so far behind. Because yeah. my, my young lady had been in preschool twice already. She, you know, she had went for three and four. And so when she got to five, it was like, a, she, like, of course, she's very, very in tune with all of this stuff. And just to imagine like some kids are sitting at home, not trying or not, you know, not 
being pushed to do anything that will prepare them for a system that they're ultimately going to go into. I can see if the parent wasn't going to send them there, but you know you're sending your child into the public school system and you know that there's standards, you know that there's milestones, you know that there's, you know, levels that they have to be at. And I, mm-hmm. that just broke my heart. Like, oh my gosh, like, no parents, no, <laughs> please, please, please prepare your children for this. How was, how did that look for you? Did Yeah, that I mean, you, there was always at least, I would say five kids that, you know, didn't, or had never like been, had sat and listened to a story mm. or followed directions or didn't know how to put their coat on. or put their shoes on or, you know, just those basic skills that, you know, coming in when there's 20 some kids and you're trying, you're spread thin, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's even, that's one of the things that's been my goal for this coming summer is to um, have a class, like prepare your kid for kindergarten class. Like a kindergarten readiness type deal. Yeah, because I know our district offers it, but it's like it's one week or two weeks. And then it's like if parents can't make that, you know, and then I thought, well, with online, it'd be flexible. And mm-hmm. I would just give them that like basic skills, like some letters, some some counting you know, colors, you know, how to hold a pencil. That's a really important one or, you know, how to hold a scissors or, you know, yeah. use a glue stick or, you know, those just those basic things. And then I think a lot of parents just don't know they just don't you know and I feel bad for the kids because like you said then they're going into somewhere where they're already set up for failure you know because they're already because like you say you push them on the first grade and you're like oh no they're not ready but it's like okay well what do you do with that like that's that's a lot that's a lot that makes me so sad it does too yeah and I talk to a lot of parents like that have me working with their kid and they're like, I pulled them out of school and I'm homeschooling them now because they're a fourth grader and they're reading at a first, second grade level. And Mm. so I'm, you know, trying to help them, you know, go back to where the skills they need to work on is because you can't, you can't just skip two grades and then, you know, and work on fourth grade skills when you don't have the first and second, you know, they all definitely go hand in hand. Yep. Oh, wow. What state are you in, if you don't mind sharing? Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay, we were there this summer. Yeah, um, yeah, we liked it. Minneapolis. We were in Minneapolis. Um, we did an expo there at the library. I can't tell you offhand which library, but it was nice, <laughs> okay. though. Yeah, they had they had a lot going on um, that day, so it was pretty cool. But um. I don't know. I'm in Arizona and and I, I've I've talked to some teachers. I've talked to some parents here and I know I don't know if they're still at 48, but they were at like 48 as far as ranking goes in the public school system. Um, They were at 48 and there's not that many okay. extra states after that. So, like, wow. you know, why? Why are you that low? Um. But talking to, like I said, talking to teachers and, and talking to um, principals and things of that nature, you kind of learn why, why they're that low. How did, how beneficial do you feel standards are? I mean, I think it gives, it gives the, um, it gives a teacher like a basis to go off of to like, you know, know like 
Okay. Especially like I, I would say I did teach in Texas for uh, four years. Um, and the one district I taught in was a very, like kids were moving constantly. It was a very low income district and the kids were just like, you'd have a kid for a month and then oh, they, man. And they, they just, they moved a lot within the district just because I think parents had a hard time like affording housing or, you know, those kind of things. Um, it was really sad, but the one nice thing about, they really had us do like a scope and sequence of standards because when that kid moved from my school to another school to another school, there was some kind of consistency for those kids, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so they didn't jump all over the place when they moved. At least school was a consistent thing for them. And gotcha. they're learning, you know, um, they didn't always, you know, of course, all kids don't learn the same. So that is the other part of it. Um, like, just like we were talking about earlier, having all five-year-olds have to know this and all six, you know, all kindergartners know this, all first graders have to know this and all second graders have to know this. And, and I feel like that's just not, I mean, even in kindergarten, they come from can't hold a pencil to another kid's reading at first, second grade level and everything in between. And I'm trying to meet all their needs, you know? Yeah, um, I was going to say those kids that are advanced, they, um, and it's not necessarily that they're advanced, just, you know, ahead of the other ones, but they kind of what get faded to the back, right? I mean, I always tried to make an effort to do a group with them, but obviously you have to focus a little extra time on those kids that need to get up so that you can get them to where they need to be because they, they will push them along no matter what. Like, even if I've tried to fight, to hold them back to not push them and they, they won't listen. So I try to give them the best, you know, <laughs> Yeah. I can. And that's one thing I'm loving about like with the online and the small groups is like, no matter what their age, I'm grouping them by their level, like by their, like their need, you know, if they need to know the letters and sounds, then I don't have to, even if they're eight, I don't have to put them in that group, you know, I can, and I can work with them and get them, you know, move them along in a process, but it doesn't have to be like the standard for that age you know yeah. um I think it is you know like the standards like it, they have a place you know I guess but it you know I think that sometimes it's a little too stringent for it to be like certain you know standards gotcha. for certain age how important is parent involvement at that that um level oh I just think parent involvement is always important I mean they're they're the kid's first teacher you know um and always their teacher throughout life you know I mean my dad is 92 and he's still teaching me you know he's, oh, he's still yes. my teacher um you know so I think yeah I that's the other thing I really liked about the online is uh I felt like I had such good communication with family nice. and a closer bond with family like even their pets I knew their dog and cat you know oh <laughs> yes but the parents like you know, at school, it's like, I would have to like send a message. It's just more of a distant communication where when you're online with the kid, well, usually their mom or dad is not too far off, you know, and then you can just communicate like on a daily basis with the parent. They might be like, oh, and they also sometimes are just kind of listening and like, then they know what their kid is learning mm -hmm. and then they can kind of reinforce that, you know? Yeah. Um, 
So I think reinforcing and good communication between teachers and, you know, tutors and parents is, is so important. Yeah. Right. I I feel like it definitely should be like a teamwork type of deal. Teamwork makes the dream work. Like you have to all be on the same page. (laughs) Right. Yes. Um, Tell us about your business. That was supposed to be your introduction event. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so I, I just, I work with kids on their reading skills, um, you know, like ages four to um, 11, 12, depending. And then um, I've even had an adult um, reach out to me and I tutored them in some spelling. So, oh, you know, nice. um, doing all kinds of things I didn't even know I could do. <laughs> um, nice. But yeah, um, I really like it. Um, I, you know, sometimes even, like I said, want to start like preparing kids for kindergarten too, because I think that's such a need. Um, and I really like want to set the kids and, and they're, you know, up for success when they get there. Um, but no, I, I really like working. We do a lot of hands-on fun things. I do, um, like making sight words out of Play-Doh. We, um, do rainbow writing, writing letters and words, um, letter magnets. I try to keep it like super hands-on we do a lot of music and movements so um you know I'm up here in my sunroom doing you know songs with actions like alligator ad (laughs) Um, yeah so we do a lot of that do some comprehension things or like acting out to do comprehension we'll do like the um, Goldilocks and the three bears and then we'll you know everybody in the group will have a part and then we'll each, you know, one person will be baby bear, one will be mama bear, and you will do all the different, you know, acting out the different stories. So nice. yeah, just lots of different fun ways. I try to keep it fun. Um, that's the nice thing too, about that. I'm in charge of it. I don't have to follow a curriculum. I know what the kids need to know. And I know yes. the fun way to get it across. And that's nice. the beauty of homeschooling and, you know, doing that kind of thing. <laughs> Of course. And it's um one-on-one um group setting. Yeah, it, it depends on the child and their needs. Um, most of the students I have are, you know, fine doing small group. Um, but then it just depends on if I have another student at that level. I'm I'm pretty um I'm pretty precise in like, you know, uh making the group small and making them like specific to where their needs are. Like I I will only have kids that are working on letters or letter sounds like about the same, you know, if like if they don't have any, then that's one group. If they have like half of them, that's another group. If they have all of them, that's another group. So I try to keep it or like they're, you know, reading like I do a lot of um, reading uh, A to Z on RAS Plus. It's uh, online books. And then, so like I go by those levels and so then I, you know, want to make sure that they're getting all their basics before they move on. (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. Um, Phonetics, how important is phonetics in your, your field? Are you more sight word phonetics? Um, I do a combination. Um, I definitely um, think phonics is very helpful. Um, And one of the curriculums that I really found, one of the fun things that I've taken from, I've taken from 20 years of curriculums, right? Because in school, it always goes around. Um, One of the really fun things I like is um, they call it the reading superpowers. And so like they do sound power. So that's one thing. 
And so picture power, so you, you know, in those basic books, they're using the pictures to help them. They're using the sounds. Um, and then there's sight word power, rereading power, go back and reread it. What would make sense, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So it's kind of a combination of all of it together. Um, but I definitely, I do all letter sounds, um, letter names and sounds, and then do a lot of like those CVC, consonant, vowel, consonant mm -hmm. words, sounding those out in different fun ways. Um, we do games, we do songs, you know, just once they get that basic sounding out, I think it helps them to be able to figure out even those bigger words, you know, um, when they get older. But we do, you know, some sight word work just because those words are seen so often in books and, um, you know, just like the or like um, things like that. Words that sound don't sound the way they look, you know. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Poor confused kids. I just feel so bad with some of the words that we do a lot of spelling games and things like that. And it's like, and I'll tell them like how many letters, you know, the word has in my, my seven-year-old's like, is one of them silent? <laughs> Let me know. Is this a mystery? Like, There's so many rules, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that. If two vowels go walking, the first one does the talking. They like that one. They always remember that one. <laughs> oh, nice. I like that. Yes. We need sayings. <laughs> you know, I taught English, but I taught, um, middle and high school I wasn't teaching reading per se even though some of them I, I should have been teaching reading too um but like you said time doesn't really allow for you to meet everyone where they're at um so yeah that that was a bit a lot um because I had a seventh grader come to me reading on the kindergarten um kindergarten grade level mm -hmm. and so that was a heavy push through heavy heavy push through it's like yeah. Oh, how did you make it here? And then it's like, once they get to you, it's like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do with this? Because I can't fail her now. Like, you know, somebody should have did that back then. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's pretty, pretty rough system. Um, so phonetics, um, sight words. What are, because you use fun a lot. How... Why is fun so important in the learning mechanism of, of reading? I just think it keeps the kids engaged, you know, yes. um, and when they're engaged, they're, they're learning and they're remembering and um, they're enjoying themselves. And I think um, even like uh, when, when I was teaching in school, they would talk a lot about like, you know, uh, uh, the, meeting the kids basic needs if they don't have their basic needs met they can't learn so mm. you know if they're stressed or uncomfortable or they're hungry or they're tired or all those things that affects their learning yes. um so if I can make their learning space you know fun and they're happy and they're having a good time but they're still learning um I think they're going to remember more. They're going to um, grasp it quicker and it's going to be easier for them. And just especially with those little ones building that lifelong learning, like the love of learning yes. for a lifetime, like you, you don't want like in kindergarten, that was always like my number one goal was like, they, I want them to leave my class, loving school, loving yes. learning, you know, um, that it's, that it's a happy thing, that it's a fun thing to do, you know, because 
I feel like that gets lost over the years, sadly. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, I gotta go to school. I, I know. Go to school. You know <laughs> I know. And that's really heartbreaking to hear from like a first or second grader. It's like, oh my gosh, you don't like school already? Like mine didn't start until middle school. Like, why are you there already? Like, who did it? Why? What's wrong? So yeah, my no. favorite thing to hear is that they were sad that they were gone on vacation and couldn't come to school. I'm like, that's good. I did my job. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. yes, <laughs> that's lovely. Yeah, that's that that makes all the difference. Like you said, we're trying to create life learners, so we have to make it enjoyable. We have to make it something that's that's they look forward to. Um, with reading, because reading is definitely frustrating for a lot of kids. Um, I know my. My oldest, my nine-year-old, she grasped everything a lot quicker than what my seven-year-old um, has been doing. Because a lot of times, like, we would just sit down on the carpet and I would put a book in front of her and it was like, don't worry about it. We're not reading today. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to do this. <laughs> like, you know, let's do something else. <laughs> but... Yeah. You know, there's a there's a, a anxiety when it comes to those letters um, that that kids, you know, experience. And there's a lot of people that say, OK, like five is too early or four is too early for a kid to be sitting down and reading. Some say that seven is like the standard age where kids should be learning how to read or something. What is your take on all that, especially with you having had so many five-year-olds, like 20 years of five-year-olds is wild. I was just still, I'm still trying to grab <laughs> What is your take on like, you know, when reading should take off in a, in a young person's life? I honestly think it, it's, it's every child is different and every child, you know, I think that's why it's important to meet their needs. And I don't think there's a magic age. No. I mean, um, you know, I know there's a lot of parents who just want to push and they want their kid to be like, they want to be like, my kid's reading at three years, you know, you know, or, you know, or they're like the opposite end of the spectrum where they're like, nope, we're not even going to introduce letters till they're seven. You know, mm, um, yes. I think, you know, it's fine to introduce like the ABC song and, and, and like, I have a four-year-old and, and, you know, he knows letters and a few sounds. And I think that's, you know, fine. And I'm not in a rush to like, I don't want to, like, like I said, I want him to love learning. I don't want to push it. I, I don't want to make it not fun. So if he brings it up, we do it. You know, I might, you know, throw on a phonics song here and there. So he hears it, you know, but um, he sees a lot of my teaching stuff, you know, that I have, especially now that I'm teaching from home and he is curious and interested in it. And he'll be Aww. like, what's this, you know, or what's that? And so we'll, We'll do some things um, with like letter magnets and, you know, I'll tell him like the name or the sound it makes. And, um, you know, he picks it up and if he's interested, great, and, you know, um, but I don't think there's a magic age. I think it's where there's interest from a child. And if, you know, I think it's, it's important to let kids know that it's okay to make mistakes. And if you make a mistake, you are learning. And that is a good thing. Because a lot of kindergartners come in and they have the, this pressure to be perfect. And if they get Aww. something wrong, it's like the end of the world, you know? Um, and I always tell them it's good. Like making mistakes is good. You're learning. 
Um, so I think, yeah, just, you know, um, a little, like a little bit of a challenge, but not to frustration. Like you said, when your daughter was like, looked at the book and was like, mm -mm, not and she was crying or unhappy, then that's when you're like, okay, we're just going to take a break from that. You know, I don't else. think it's, you, you don't need to push that hard. You know, a little push is good, but you know, to, to make progress, but you know, you got to kind of walk that fine line and know when to take, to hold, pull back or when to go forward. Yeah. And the, how, how important it's parents are, because you, you spoke on this earlier that you had kids who had never sat down and, and had a story read to them. How important is that? Um, Cause you know, they, they talk about reading, like as the child's in the womb, they talk about reading books to them. <laughs> How do parents know how important it is for them and why it's so important for them to read to their kids? Yeah, I, I don't remember the specific, like, um, this many words or whatever, but it is crazy, even five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, how the, like, if you look at the um, statistics on, like, the vocabulary for a child being read to just a teeny bit every day is huge, huge. Um, and I, I also feel, um, you know, screen time has its place, you know, there's learning songs, there's learning videos, and that's great. I teach online. I think that's great. But there's something about a kid holding a book in their hand, looking at it. Um, you know, like, um, I mean, my and I might be a little different, because I'm a teacher, but I, um, I had my son when he was like, got home I had to stay in the hospital a little longer but two weeks in we got home and I was reading the books <laughs> you know and I swear by the time he was like a few months old he was like looking he had I could tell he had favorites like he liked baby uh... beluga. like baby beluga I would sing it and he loved that book um and then even by two years old he was like doing some pre-learning pre-reading skills and all I had done like I hadn't been like this is the cover this is you know I just read to him and just by reading to your kid like he would pick up the book and he would pretend to read it you know oh, and he was yeah. only two he was barely talking and he was like you know pointing and saying words and I'm like that's in kindergarten some kids don't come to kindergarten at five with that skill mm. so I would say read to them when they're in your belly read to them when they're a baby because um, tummy time, I thought was a great thing because, you know, babies, sometimes it's real important to do that tummy time and to have them pushing up and getting those muscles, um, for just that part, but he would get kind of bored or they get kind of fussy. A great thing I thought to do is I'll read him a book. So I'd put like a book right in front of them on the floor and I'd read it to them. Um, you know, and they even said like having them turn their head a certain way. Um, you know, he had that torticollis where they wanted him to turn his head a certain way. So then I would read on that side and then he would have to turn his head that way. And I just think it's makes a huge difference with learning to talk, just those listening skills. Um, you know, I mean, I know there's a lot of people being like, you know, um, said kids have like ADHD and things, and, <laughs> you know, and it's like, they have a hard time sitting still, but I think if you've never had the expectation of sitting mm. still and listening to a story, then I think, well, how can you expect them to go to kindergarten and do it when they've never done it before? It's, it's a skill that should start young as possible, you know, 
Indeed. No, I agree. Um, I found very interesting. And like you say, your son had a favorite when he was just a few months old. Um, my nine-year-old remembers the book that I read to her when she was two. Um, it's called Please Baby Please by Spike Lee. And it's a, the cutest little book, but I used to read it to her all the time when she was two. And mm -hmm. we found it in the library not too long ago um, during the summer. And she was like, I remember this book. And I was like, really? And of course we had to sit and read it. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like, that's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And you wouldn't think two years old, that's, that's shows you right there how important, yeah. right? But yeah. my nine-year-old also claims she remembers being in my womb too. So she's. So you take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> been interesting okay so, <laughs> let me throw that out there too <laughs> supersonic memory over here but yeah she's she's funny but um how important is play because we talked about fun we talked about the enjoyment of learning but you know there's so many times that I talk to parents who have five and four year olds and they're talking about a curriculum and I'm just like yo let them play <laughs> Mm -hmm. play. How important is play at that level? I mean, kids are always learning from play, you know, from the time they're a baby and they can pick up a rattle too, you know. Um, so I think play is definitely very important. Um, and just use being able to like think on their own, use their imagination is huge because I you can't teach that from a curriculum. Um, you can't get that from a curriculum. It, it's it it's something they need to develop on their own, and they only can do that through play. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I just like watching kids over the years, watching my son. You know, it, it's so important that they're using their imagination. And I feel like sometimes kids are, like you said, parents are. You know the curriculum, like they're following this curriculum, and and, and it's great to have like a, a where to start and what to do. But you can't just be doing that all day. They do need downtime. They do need time to process um, what they have learned. And I've even seen kids like they implemented in their learning into their play, like uh, for example, once they start learning to write a little bit in kindergarten they might be playing in the house and they'll like get a piece of paper and they'll be making their little grocery mm -hmm. list, you know, yes. <laughs> and, or they'll, you know, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Like they'll, or I always leave like learning toys are an option or they'll pick the like alphabet puzzle or they'll pick, you know, the cash register and be looking when we're learning about, you know, coins or things, you know, and they'll, they, they, I think it needs, you know, I'm not like crazy, like into like Montessori, but I do like the part that where like it's put into like they can implement what they've learned into the play. They have a little time to process, you know, and and use it or like they might pick to read a book to a friend or a stuffed animal or something, you know, um, even if they're not reading yet, they're, you know, telling about the pictures in the book and and those basic skills. So yeah, play is definitely um, so important or like building, you know, when they're learning to build with blocks or Legos, that's, you, you can't 
teach that they have to like see that you know they're learning about a lot of math skills about volume and mass and you know uh, all taller shorter you know over under I mean there's just so many things that if they miss that they'll miss they'll miss basic important skills that they need to you know know indeed indeed very very important um i'm reading a book called existentialism and i'm on a chapter called play and they're talking about uh, for adults how important play is um so i just know that it's very important and i I'd be hurting hurting my little heart when i hear parents talking about, well like like you know i feel like i need a curriculum and child's like three or four and i'm just like why don't you just let them play or you play with them if that you know if you want to lead the play that's fine too like but just let them play though like give them something to play with on the floor and play with them count with them like you know I know um Miss Glow she was with us on the um on the expo tour this past summer and she's really big on natural teaching and natural teaching um, from her take is basically using your environment to create lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So even like using the windows in your house, how many windows do we have in here? What's the shape of the windows? Um, how many textures, different textures do you have in a house? She talks, she shares stories about her grandson and him, his love for cars and how she would um, have him create the alphabet using the cars, like making the letter A's and B's and C's. And he's a phenomenal reader. He's like seven and he's got to be reading on like a third, fourth grade level like it's he's pretty pretty dope it's probably higher than that I'm probably not even being yeah <laughs> but he 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 definitely reads and just from play like you know from playing um she she feels like that came about naturally not a force of okay we have to sit and read this or we have to sit and you need to write this it was all a hey let's what are we gonna do today and then just going from there Mm-hmm. And letting them lead the way. I heard you say you weren't big on Montessori, but oh, is there a well, reason? I, mean, I, I like things. I guess I, I don't only use that. I, I like to pull things from it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So you have a four-year-old. What's your journey going to be like? Are we going to homeschool? We're going to like, what are we going to do with that? I kind of keep going back and forth on what I want to do. Um, I definitely... So his birthday is August 24th. Uh, <laughs> um, so he will be five next August 24th. So I'm definitely going to keep him like, I'm not sending him, you know, to school for sure next year. Um, you know, I'm going to continue to teach him on my own. And and he does go to um, a daycare as a home daycare with like five other kids. So I feel like he gets a lot of good social interaction there. Um, and they do some like letters and things like that and num- numbers and counting and um, just some basic skills, you know, colors, things like that. But um, they do a lot of play. She does do like a lot of the Montessori style um, in her home daycare where they like go pick their toys in their centers and play. And so they do a lot of learning through play, which I like. Um, 
I'm going to continue, you know, reading with him a lot. And we just, we read about a half hour every night before bed. And I just think, and then sometimes he asks to read before that, which I'm like, sure. Oh, yes. <laughs> he always knows he can stay up later when he asks oh, mom for one oh, more boy. <laughs> yes, yes. I, yeah, I remember that. I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think I have another year to think about it. Um whether I'm going to do the homeschooling or if I'm going to have him be, you know, going to public schools or a private school or, you know, I guess we're going to kind of like research our options um, and see kind of what the best fit is when the, when the time is right when he gets there. But um, I figure there's no rush. I always have seen so many times those summer birthday kids just struggle so much because even if they know like you know, letters and sounds and this and that, you can't like make maturity happen. It just, you know, they're still yeah. barely five, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and you understand like when they get there, like what, what's going to be required of him once he yeah. gets inside of the classroom. So you definitely yeah, can gauge whether or not. Yeah. 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 The whole sit down thing is what I feel like <laughs> will keep my children out of the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> About the ADHD, I said, I know they'll label my children really quick because I was just watching them on Saturday and I'm just like, no, y'all don't sit down. Like, There's just, so much energy, don't they? <laughs> so much energy, so much energy continuously from, from the beginning of the day to like, you know, it's time to actually lay back down. It's like, so what do y'all get that from? And how do you like, how do you just keep going and going and going and you were in the classroom with 27 of them oh my gosh like and I did a lot of movement a lot nice. of movement and, and brain breaks um, oh yeah I mean we were like 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 I do on the online we we're standing up we're doing a song then we're you know we're marching around the alphabet and picking up the letter and saying it and you know just keep moving and doing things I did a lot of outdoor learning too where we would go outside and learn outside nice. um you know, things like that. But yeah, I, I think it's really, really important to definitely keep them moving. Um, when I did, I did my master's degree, I did a paper on movement and like specific movements and how that actually helps like kids to learn. Um, there was a, a thing called um, the SMART program um, where it was like talking about all those things that kids used to get like merry-go-round spinning, um, like the monkey bars, like climbing, um, they like all those different things, crawling, like kids that skip crawling. Sometimes they have a hard time learning because those, those, um, specific movements are, um, important to learning and helping kids learn. So we even had a, a program in the school for a while that where we do it like a half hour in the morning where they would do these specific movements um, where they would crawl and they would do, you know, um, sit and spins and spin around and just different things. Um, and then I did another um, research on brain gym, it was called. And it's basically like crossing your midline um, and how that can help kids with learning and memory and things. So just um, like this, like, being... yeah, like cross, basically the middle of your body is the midline. Mm -hmm. And like anywhere crossing, like crossing onto your opposite knees or your opposite shoulders, like just standing up and doing that before I do like a small group of kids. Um, they There's research that shows that that um, helps them with learning and, and working with kids over the years. Like once I read it, I'm like, there are some kids that 
have a hard time crossing over their midline. Like, really? yeah, it's, it's really interesting. That <laughs> is. I, I did this research. And this is about 15 years ago. I did this, <laughs> but um, so I don't remember everything I learned exactly, but just, you know, the kind of the importance of uh, movement and specific movements and learning is just so important to get those kids moving. And, and I think that's a lot of um, an important thing, you know, for parents homeschooling or for teachers in the classroom to remember, like, they do need to get up and move. Otherwise, you kind of lose yes, them. You know, yes, they kind of yes. start staying off in their own world. And <laughs> Indeed, I was gonna say, like, far as kindergarten goes, like, what do you, you teach for like a good 20 minute, 15 minute increments? Like, how does that look? Yeah. So like when they would come in in the morning, I would have them do some kind of a, a work that they would do. Um, it might be like writing on the dry erase boards or it'd be some kind of a hands-on learning, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then um, we would all sit down, do like a carpet time. So we would do like a greeting. So a lot of community building, you know, uh, you know, talking and um, saying hi and greeting and learning each other's names and different things like that. Um, and then that was like already maybe 15 minutes, you know, mm -hmm. um, we would do a morning message where I'd read it to them. And then that I made interactive where I'd call kids like to fill in the missing letters when we got to that part or fill in the missing words or highlight a letter. Mm -hmm. And then everybody in the class had guessed what letter did they highlight, you know? Um, so just kind of making it very interactive and moving, but then, yeah, then that had to get moving along. Like after 15 minutes, 20 minutes, they were ready to do What's something next? else. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Nice. You're hungry all day. I swear they eat all day. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> my eat all day, <laughs> all day. They're growing, right? <laughs> yes, right before your eyes, like right <laughs> Yes, oh my gosh. Okay, so did you give your business name? You did not. What's the name of our business? Oh, uh, yes, it's uh, Lil Learners Love Learning. Little, little learner, little, little, little yep. I, I like, you know, I like abbreviations, <laughs> <laughs> little learner, love, L-U-V, love, and okay. then learning, yep, yep. nice, so I and where, Nick, you know, <laughs> I like it, where do you find, where can we find little learners love learning, um, I do have a website, um, okay. online, and then I do also, um, on the website, there's a link to, I have, um, I do TikTok videos of like um, the things I do in the classroom. So like I, so there's ideas for parents on there, like, you know, making words out of Play-Doh, um, just all kinds of different things that I do in the classroom. I just make little clips of it. I just started like a month ago or so, um, just so it gives kind of ideas for things. But yeah, I do have a website and it's just, it's little learners love learning. Um, and yeah, and then that links to all the other social medias that I have. And I do have a, a I have a Facebook personal page, but they also have a Facebook, um, like a, a page if parents want to reach out, I just would friend them on my personal and then friend them on that. So then they, nice. I put all the videos that I do on there too. Okay. Yeah. And of course, all the links will be available on the podcast episode. So um, families will be able to access uh, before I let you go, we need three things um, that you would tell parents in regards or tips that you would give parents in regards to teaching their kids how to read. 
Okay. Um, well, the first tip we talked a lot about is just read to your kids. Yeah. The, have them just build a love for learning, a love for reading, a love for books. Um, you know, read fun books that you can sing and um, books that have, you know, fun pictures and stories. Um, and then after that, I would just say the next step would be just, you know, introducing letters um, and letter sounds, a real fun way, fun, here's my fun, right? <laughs> a real fun way um, to do that would be just like through music and movement. Um, there's a ton of songs on YouTube with letters and sounds that you can do. Um, and then you can also just like, I guess with my son, like just, you know, when you see something like, um, you know, oh, there's a flower, like it starts with a sound F, you know, you can just kind of point those things out. Like you were talking about the um, mom or the grandma that had like, was using everything in the environment. Yeah. I mean, um, I used to do that with my son all the time when we would be taking hikes and stuff. I'd be like, oh, there's a tree. It starts with the sound, you know? Um, and then, you know, moving on from that and helping him work to sound those things out. And um, another thing too, like when you're reading or they're reading, just always discussing the book, talking about the book, you know, ask those higher level thinking questions, you know, um, compare and contrast books, you know, how is this book the same as the other book or different than the other book? So just doing all those comprehension or how do you think, not just talking about like, who are the characters, but how do you think that character was feeling in the book? And how are they feeling different in the beginning and the end? And um, just all those, you know, higher level thinking questions. Comprehension is, I think, so important because if you read, great. But if you don't know what you read, there's no point in really reading it, right? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, ma'am. I'm glad you touched on that before I let you go because comprehension is very, very important. I feel a lot of adults lack that in, in their, what they're taking in. So Please, parents, definitely check that. Like, you know, ask those questions to make sure that they are engaged in what they're reading and understand what they're reading. Because it's one thing to be able to just, you know, sound out the word and know the word as far as, okay, that's this. But do they actually know what that word means or the sentence means um, all together? So mm -hmm. comprehension is really important. Yes. Thank you so yep. much. Thank yeah. you. This is awesome. <laughs> Yvette out here changing lives. She's been in, I can't, kindergarten. You've been teaching kindergartens for 20 years. That's just so amazing. You little <laughs> angel, you. <laughs> but parents, you heard it from Yvette's mouth also. You are your children's first and most qualified teacher. So please take that role highly 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 and step into it and own it and understand that you are important no matter the setting of your your school whether they're in traditional school private school charter school micro school home school you are the one who has to guide that path um of education for your child so so do it take take leadership and um always homeschool your kids